2: Good evening, I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to Bring It On, a multiple award-winning program. And for more than 12 years, we remain Indiana's only weekly community radio show, committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community.
1: Good evening, I'm Roberta Radovich. Also, in today's broadcast, we'll have two wonderful conversations with performance directors from the African-American Arts Institute, all in the next hour on Bring It On.
2: And starting off, the annual Potpourri of the Arts takes place on Saturday, November the 11th. Now, founded in 1993, Potpourri purpose, uh, the Potpourri's purpose is to embody the spirit of African-American performance via its three ensembles, the African-American Dance Company, the African-American Choral Ensemble, and the IU Soul Review.
1: With a wide range of music and choreography, these unique ensembles are sure to exhilarate audiences with their individual and combined performances. The African American Dance Company will present a broad range of movement and dance traditions from America and the African diaspora, including African, contemporary, hip-hop, jazz, and other cultural forms.
2: Then hear the best of African-American spirituals, folk songs, and gospel with the African-American Choral Ensemble. To complete the lineup, IU Soul Review will perform post-World War II black popular music, including rhythm and blues, soul, funk, and contemporary music styles. To top off the evening, all three ensembles will grace the stage together in a collaborative final piece.
1: It is our pleasure to begin the first of two interviews this evening with uh, one of our family uh, directors from the African American Arts Institute, uh, James Strong, a recent hire as a director of the IU Soul Review. James, welcome to Bring It On.
2: Hi, how are you? I think the proper uh, introduction, uh, Roberta, is welcome to sunny, balmy, <laughs> hot, yeah. and humid, Bloomington, Indiana. Oh. Oh. Stark difference from uh, Los Angeles, California. Well, well, we were commenting on that as I uh, as, uh, first came in and shook Mr. Strong's cold hand
3: <laughs>
2: uh, and reminded him that, um, you know, you're in central Indiana now, no, southern central Indiana. It, it is cold. I mean, this morning started off pretty well, but deteriorated, and the next few days are going to be, as we know, it, it's it's fall, y'all. It's
3: fall. We, we, we
2: hop, skitch, hop, hopscotch and skip into winter. <laughs> but, uh, having said that he had a good comeback for me. Why don't you explain when I talked about the cold weather, uh, here in Bloomington, what was your response again?
0: Well, um,
2: originally I am from Indianapolis.
0: I grew up in Indianapolis. I uh, went to local, uh local high school, Northwest high school. And, um, uh, uh, my career, um, took me out to Los Angeles where I was there for just about 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, one thing about the uh, weather out there in uh, Los Angeles is constant, you know, so you got a constant stream of 78 to 83, if you will. So uh, you very rarely experience the uh, change of seasons. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you were saying that, I was like, you know, a lot of folks, you know, I have a, a yearning desire since I've come from, you know, the Midwest mm-hmm. to uh, experience the change of seasons because, mm-hmm. you know, you know. In the Midwest we like to dress. That's right. That's you know, right. I mean, we know how to we know how to rock a a uh, uh, mock turtleneck. Yes. You know, and, and a fedora at the same time, or, you know, put a sweet jacket on. Right. And uh, so we kind of yearn to do that. I couldn't really do that. Some nice
1: here. wool socks.
2: And, yeah, sure. And we know how to stay warm, right? But, you know, something. So, so, no one's saying long johns. I like, hey, all right, I get it. All right, well, we'll just be polite today, you
0: know. Well, that's probably coming, right?
2: Yeah. yeah Listen,
1: you. before we jump into conversation about the potpourri, mm-hmm. um, um, in 1992, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you were the musical director for LL Cool J. You just had to, go to that right just away, excited. didn't you? Yeah. I was well. so excited. And uh, so, so before we jump into potpourri, we want to get to know James Strong a little bit. That's right. Well, t- that's t- right. T- t- tell us a little bit about your, you, you, the person, James Strong, and then a little bit about your portfolio.
0: Okay. Well, uh, quickly, um, born and raised here in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm a Hoosier, Um, went to school, high school, Northwest High School, Um, came from a musical family, Uh, my background's in music, Uh, so always uh, uh, was playing something. I was, uh, you know, in the uh, marching band at school, played sports, Uh, uh, started off playing saxophone and ended up... uh, in the marching band playing bass drum and from that uh, but but in between that, i started playing bass
1: and what high school did you go to
0: northwest high school okay yeah i started playing bass and uh for a minute there i was self-taught and then i started taking lessons once i was in high school and uh, um uh, at the end of high school uh really didn't have a whole lot of choices mm. you know in terms of uh you know what was going to do next and i knew that uh Um, the certain things that I saw growing up in the inner city, uh, certain things I I didn't want to do and probably certain things my mom wasn't going to let me do. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was introduced to the groups program Mm. and uh, um, I applied with groups and uh, got accepted and the uh, summer of 1982, I was down here on campus and uh, the world opened up to me at that point. Once I uh, came here, um you know before during that time it was pretty much my existence was kind of you know just black and white hadn't really you know experienced being around different cultures you know asian latin mm-hmm. armenian if you will but once i came to iu the whole world opened up to me and i was, started becoming friends with with different ethnicis, uh, ethnicities mm-hmm. if you will and uh it just opened up a whole new world for me and uh um so that's, that was my my start, of course, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh,
1: and you were immediately introduced to the African American Arts Institute.
0: Well, um, I had met some friends that said, "Hey, man, you know what? You need to go and check out the Black Culture Center." You know, and uh, I finally got around to it. Went over to Black Culture Center, and I was like, "Wow, okay, so another part of the world is starting mm-hmm. to open up to me." And I they said, "You got to meet Doctor Mumford," <laughs> and I'm like, "Doctor, who's this guy, Doctor Mumford?" Mm-hmm. And, um, I finally got a chance to meet him and he started talking and my, st- I started listening and I never stopped, you know, cause he was so full of knowledge, so full of encouragement and, uh, insight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I told him that I was a musician and encouraged me to, to audition for a soul review. And back then I, I, I auditioned and made it and, you know, started my uh, journey in soul review and that, um. Really, was my first introduction to you know uh, the music entertainment field uh, on another level. Mm-hmm. You know where you learned about production, you learned about you know, te- you know technology oh, and, and performance and the
1: business aspect,
0: the business ex- aspect of it, and and you know how to dress and how to be poised and you know how to set up a show and mm-hmm. you know you had wardrobe folks and you had production folks and you had technical people and you know it was a whole entire operation.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so when I did decide to leave school, which I did leave, I left early, um, I kind of had a head start on a lot of other folks my age mm-hmm. because I'd, I'd, I'd been through the cycle. Mm-hmm. I'd learned about, you know, how to conduct yourself in that environment, mm-hmm. and it helped me a lot, you know, being a youngster. And uh by the time I got the uh, uh, the LL Cool J gig, you know, I kind of knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of um, a seamless transition, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the way, that was one of my first uh, musical directing gigs. And uh, that year, 1992, he won his first Grammy for uh, Mama Said Knock You Out.
1: Okay. Yeah. So now who was your um, Soul Review director at the time?
0: Uh, Dr. Mumford, James, oh, James E. Dr. Mumford. Yeah, okay. James E. Mumford. That, that year, I think he was uh, doing dual roles. Okay. He was choral ensemble director and uh, director for IU Soul Review. Can
1: you even imagine?
0: I know, I know. <laughs> and I, I was, uh, um, when I was there, I was part of the old, in, in the house. Right. I mean, That's wasn't right. the building? That's wasn't right. the the institution?
1: For our listeners who might not know what you mean when you say the house, <laughs> what what what's the house and where was the house?
0: Well, the house is located right exactly where the Neil Marshall um, Black Culture Center is located, right? And it was, you know, I guess I say a medium sized cottage, you know. I think it had two or three floors, maybe, right. and then it had mm-hmm. the basement, and uh, uh, that was the Black Culture Center at that time. And uh, um, I remember times when we were rehearsing uh, down in the basement and it'd be like, you know, probably 100 degrees. <laughs> and we'd be down there and we'd be, you know, adamantly rehearsing and, and, and going through the songs and getting the shows together. And one of the fond memories that I do have is uh, of the other students as they come down that corridor, that one corridor on the, I don't know, is that the south side? The building, maybe it would be the
2: south side. That's right.
0: Yeah, the south side of the building. That that same corridor is still there. The right Jordan River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And students would come down that that corridor and they'd hear us playing. And and next thing you look up, there's a there's a crowd of students all around. <laughs> you know, <laughs> looking into the basement trying to figure out what's going on here mm-hmm. and all that beautiful music we were making. You know, mm-hmm. it was funk. It was ballads. It was, mm-hmm. you know. And we were in there sweating. You know, getting the show together and. Uh, That was one of the great memories that I had from uh, the old house.
2: Well, you know, you take us back to a time when um, all three ensembles Mm. utilized that old sorority house. That's right. And um, the dance company practiced on that uh, sort of cement floor in the basement. And uh, then after Iris Rosa, who was uh, the only director uh, at the time uh, and has, well, it was the first director of the dance company. Uh, Complained to the powers that be. Uh, they were then allowed to practice. I believe in one of the hyper buildings where yeah. uh, the floor wouldn't give them shin splits all the time. So, uh, and coral ensemble as soon as soul review was through, they would come rolling in or on different days, and it, it, that took management. Yes, that took coordination, and it took a lot of uh, acceptance from everyone. That look, this is a tight space; it, we're, we have to be on cue yes, and sir. on point to maximize the yeah. space that we have. Until we had some donors, some intentional donors uh, that came along, and uh, the legislature got behind it and, and made that new building a reality. So that was awesome.
0: That's a wonderful story. I was, I was, I've been told the story of how the how that all came about, and. Uh, Um, I I still, you know, it's really unbelievable to see that building, you know, and having, you know, witnessed where it came from. That's right. Mm -hmm. That is, it's so incredible. And it's a beautiful structure. It's a beautiful building. And uh, to, you know, with the Neil Marshall and, you know, Dr. Hudson's. Huge portrait of
1: him yeah. yeah.
2: Bigger than life. Oh, bigger, bigger than, than bigger life. than life. Yeah.
1: But we have somebody else who's bigger than life with us,
2: James Strong here. let's <laughs> no, so no. see, you just we, want to talk about who James Jake. Because you haven't about. turned from that page. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mr. Strong is the first guest that has brought uh, a, a visual uh, dossier of his work, which is you have to see this. If anyone wants a lesson on how to properly put together a professional dossier. He has done it. And, and this Thank is artistic, you. Yeah, a wonderful layout of both graphics and explanations of what he's accomplished in the professional ranks. And then also the wonderful thing I like is that it shows him graduating. Yes. Uh, graduating from one of the IU campuses. And that is awesome. And that is uh, something that I'm so glad that you are uh, promoting. Uh, yes. If you will. Yes. For those who just tuned in, we are talking with Mr. James Strong, a recent hire as director of the IU Soul Review. Uh, he's here to both acquaint us, the listeners, uh, to himself and talk a little bit about the vision. That he has yep. just coming in now, getting ready for a big, big performance on November 11th uh, with the IU Soul Review. So we'll shift gears a little bit, and we'll come back to some inspirational questions um, other than, <laughs> but we'll come back to some inspirational <laughs> I'll, questions. I'll, clo- I'll okay. close the press kit. Um, <laughs> so as you now approach this, this assignment sure. in your life, and, and you're working with a lot of individuals who may not have background and performance, I know you have auditions, but they may have limited. Sure. Uh, and, there, and there's a uh, a bar that you're looking at that mm-hmm. they must meet and before you take the stage on November 11th. You know, no pressure. Sure. Yeah, of <laughs> course. No, exactly. no, no pressure. Exactly. Um, what, what do you look for in a student? Uh, and, and what do you want them to bring to both uh, practice and performance?
0: Um, well, it all starts with the work ethic. Mm. You know, um, that's with anything. Um, what I hope to teach the students is um, if you do decide to go into uh, to the arts, um, education and arts must make a handshake mm. to create success. Mm-hmm. Because I had to. I had to fuse the two together. And had I not come through the IU uh, environment, family, the education, uh, I don't know if I would have been as successful as I've been, thus far, um, I had to make the handshake between arts and education. And uh, so mm-hmm. that is one of the main things um, that I feel I have a charge to impress upon students. So I, you know, I need to know that you have a, a a good work ethic, you know, that you're willing to do the work, you're willing to do the research, and you have the well, follow-through mm-hmm. to complete it. You know, because uh, everything's successful to me is, is it starts with it's a process, and it starts as a belief, and then you put action into your belief, and then hopefully you'll get the intended result. And uh, I've had to use that uh, as a philosophy at a young age because I when I when I ventured off to uh, you know start my career I was every bit of what eighteen nineteen you know mm-hmm. and you find yourself in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. a place where um, they, you know, there's there's no mercy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so you have to utilize every single resource that you've either been taught or that you know. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's what I had to do as a youngster. That's why I say, you know, coming to IU was so instrumental in my success because it prepared me. I would meet colleagues who, you know, um, who I knew that, you know, just based on raw talent was just phenomenal could play their instrument like no other you know but I was one that had to kind of work on mine I had to work on it Mm -hmm. but with the handshake of education you know I was able to effectively communicate Mm -hmm. articulate you know uh, as you say you know put a visual Mm -hmm. uh, um, piece of uh, um, a thing together to to present Mm you know be able to Mm -hmm. present myself Mm -hmm. That's what education does. It'll, it gives you the platform that uh, may give you an extra advantage.
1: That professionalism.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the raw talent is going to take you
1: mm-hmm.
0: to a certain spot. Right. You right. know what I mean? And at, some, some, at a certain point, mm-hmm. it's going to stop, we, meaning that you're going to get older. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is some things that are absolutely going to happen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so what are you going to do when you decide to hang your shoes up on, a, on the ball court and come off the court? You know, what do you got next? Are you think you going to go broadcasting, front office, or coaching? Right. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of, you know, kind of evolved into that point in my life too. Right. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Parlaying yeah. your skills. Yeah. To the next Yeah. The next
0: and, and getting my degree was uh, a part of adding another tool to my toolbox.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: You know.
2: You know, I sit here and I can envision that uh, that one-on-one conversation that you may have already had, but you definitely are going to have with aspiring students that. They see your dossier and they say, I want to be like that, I want to do this, I want to do it, can you hook me up with this? But then you're going to sit them down and say, listen, this is what it takes, uh, both a talent, you have to have a talent to begin with, but then the, the other elements that you are just articulated very well. I, I see that uh, the performance on November 11th um, will include post-World War II black popular music. Mm-hmm. And it goes through sort of a genre, a litany of genre, different styles and rhythm and blues, soul, funk, and contemporary music styles. Talk about. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if, if you're at this point comfortable to talk about the lineup for that night, but talk about what what is involved in your practice sessions now. What are you What are you introducing or, or reinforcing mm-hmm. with the group now?
0: Well, um, I've reviewed uh, previous directors. Uh, in the past, and I've kind of seen what they've done, and they've done a phenomenal job, mm-hmm. phenomenal uh, direction. And uh, so I've elected to, you know, go in a different, sort of different direction on that. Um, I don't want to repeat anything that's already done, been done.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Um, but uh, my main uh, goal or objective is to raise the skill and expertise mm-hmm. that we present in the show. Viet be, uh, be the way that you play, you know, the attitude that you have when you're playing um, and the uh, the visual. We plan to raise the bar on the, the expertise and the skill. And that's what it, mainly that I, I want to show, you know, with the kids and the show. And uh, we're going to go we're going to dig a little bit deeper uh, when it comes to the music. Uh, some of the song selections that we've we've chosen you'll you'll certainly you'll certainly remember them and uh they're they are songs that are very very dear to your heart course because you know that's that's rhythm and blues you know that's you right. hear a song and it's like it it touches you kind of if not in your soul it touches you in your heart or it's going to put a smile on your face mm-hmm. that's right that's rhythm and blues that's R&B. so
1: do you talk to the students about what inspires you who inspires you and absolutely. what what that what that music means to you as absolutely. an artist absolutely
0: yes mm-hmm. i absolutely do because uh, as i was i would tell the students uh, when i'm trying to uh, convey to them a certain um, um, feeling that I might want in the music I say to them you know this is feel music you know I know you see the notes on the chart but you have to be able to take the notes on the chart and internalize them because R&B is feel music you know uh, with R&B to me I, I explain to them that there's three sides to the pocket there's the back side of the pocket and there's the top side of the pocket and there's the front side of the pocket the the R&B is is largely uh, constructed on the front side of the pocket if you will Mm -hmm. and uh, so I try to take them you know inside of what the music means Mm -hmm. you know and how do do you, you take that music and what you hear and you internalize it
2: and you feel it Mm-hmm. then you translate it mm-hmm. I think uh, a lot of uh, music is cultural too absolutely and and I, I would dare say and don't generalize or, or generalize uh, but when I mean, you selected the bass guitar you probably had a little feel that this is me this is part of my culture and there's something about the bass uh, It it's, it's a dominant sounding instrument um, and it sort of sets the mood it sort of sets the tempo all those things that the bass player will do and and that seems to be sort of what some in some cultures look for. Mm-hmm. So you set the mood, set the tone, set the rhythm, and then bring the percussive in, then bring the horns in, Absolutely. and then get the voice. Where's the voice? Where's the voice? So they Absolutely. have to construct it as you as you as you uh, bring it. Yes. And uh, as you talk about the front of that pocket, um, I I kind of understand. I like that illustration.
3: Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: It's a visual, and and it really speaks to. You know, music is a language all its own. Uh, it expresses feelings and all those things. And, and and I'm I'm really glad that all of the uh, directors from Soul Review that that we've had the pleasure to speak with over the years, and we've had opportunity to speak to a host of them. Uh, they always use uh, these uh, experiences as learning, teaching moments. Yes. Not just about their craft that they're perfecting, but life. Absolutely. Uh, your approach to life, so. Um, we have about, uh, oh, we have some time. Uh, I, w- I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, as R- Roberta has brought some questions, I'll omit the ones on LL Coojie for a second, but uh, no, no, not that one. Not, okay, can, can you share when you first realized that creating was something you absolutely had to do, and that you were an artist, that you were an artiste? you know, that I have to be creative. Mm-hmm. When did that occur in your life?
0: I would say that occurred, um, probably in the sixth or seventh grade. Uh, I have, uh, um, like I said, I, I come from a musical family. Um, when I was a, 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 a kid, I was chasing after my, my older brother. He, right. he was a guitarist. His name is uh, Greg Russell.
3: Okay.
0: And, uh, I also have another younger brother and that's, his name is Keith Strong. He's a, he's a drummer, but my older brother, he, um, he kind of opened up the door and set the pace in terms of, uh, um, st- uh, I would say, starting that fire. He had always been in bands. Uh, he came up in the Babyface era. Okay. Mm. You know, they were all in the same uh, local bands. You ever heard of a band called Man Child?
2: Yes, I did. Mm. Yeah,
0: my brother was the uh, rhythm guitar player. With, now, along with Babyface in that band.
2: Now, something I found out over the past week mm-hmm. was that members of Manchild also went on to join up with Downstroke. Absolutely. Out of Indianapolis. Oh. And they mm-hmm. performed for us at the No Marshall Reunion. And you talk about, as I was talking about, just setting the atmosphere. Absolutely. That, that group was, um, they, they learned their craft. Now, is your brother still, is he part of Downstroke?
0: Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. He absolutely is. He's the lead guitarist of Downstroke.
2: No and kidding. I think I heard your brother do a rendition of Purple Rain by Prince. Well, you know
0: what? That was Arnold. That's
2: probably was okay. Arnold.
0: That was that's the good. other guitarist. And then, you know, in their group, they have like three guitars. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, they have yeah. Gooch. They have Arnold. And then there's my brother Greg Russell.
2: I did not know. Greg
0: that. has the dreads. Okay.
2: Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's yeah. my that's my big it brother. It's a small. This it is a small. Problem. Isn't that right? Oh. Yes, that's we should have talked to him, could have negotiated the price. No, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get O.L. O- down here just for you. Listen, Harda. listen. Okay. Well, you know, what? Well, I, I was having a
0: conversation with Dr. Sykes, and he was telling me, um, well, you know, we're, we're, we're honored to have you here. And, uh, you know, um, it's, it's 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 just uh, you know, a blast that you're back. And I said, Doc, mm-hmm. do you think it's are honored to have me? I said, wait till you meet my friends. <laughs> wow. I got oh. some friends that I would love to introduce IU to
4: that's
1: wonderful Uh, you know one of the things that I uh, I work for IU and I do this um, uh, WFHB with Clarence as a part time volunteer opportunity to get to meet incredible people just like you. Sure. But what is so wonderful about Indiana University and the African American Arts Institute, as I know firsthand as an employee, is how much effort and time and intentionality goes into creating a really diverse group of students, both in for all of the ensembles. Absolutely. And I really value that. I really value that. Can you talk a little bit about how important that is Given the times that we find ourselves, and that connection yeah. between art and diversity, and taking I, care of each other,
0: I think that that um, is so, so is so dear to my heart, and it's so important because I believe now for these times, the Triple A I African American Arts Institute is now become a porthole
3: mm-hmm.
0: for the, if not the country, the world, because it's the only um, Institution of its kind that's fully supported and funded by a major university. That's right. You know, and uh, that is phenomenal to me that uh, Dr. Hudson has started it and now it has grown to the, the, the enormous magnitude that it is at this point in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes me so proud. And now that it's opened its doors to everyone and said, hey, if you have the work ethic, you have the integrity, you have the the the, the go get itness, you know, you can come here and, mm-hmm. and, and we will guide you. We will, you know, give you the resources that mm-hmm. you need, provide a, a, a stable environment right. while we do it. Right. You know, that you can take and it will serve you for the rest of your life.
1: And celebrating celebrating the various different artistic expressions of um, black people in the diaspora Absolutely. in the African-American tradition yes. Yes. and how really, what an important statement that is. Um, yes,
0: yes. It's, it's a very, very important statement, especially for today. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, um, exposure mm-hmm. to, to all, to the history, uh, you know, having a place to go and you can actually get an explanation to why something mm-hmm. is what it is.
5: Right. You know
0: and uh we 've got the choral ensemble, we have the dance company we have uh, the How you Soul review so that
2: covers so much mm-hmm. and then and then I would say you have the unsung heroes the uh the row crew uh, right. the oh, yeah. uh, the engineering crew. Uh, those that book the engagements and and these are individuals that you know all this is and we should have said on the front end for those that are tuning in these are not professional pay performers these are students and a course this is all for for coursework this is for for grades and um they they enter in and they're transformed they go out and they uh, perfect their craft and their vocations and but yet you have some that that don't pick up an instrument but know how to set up, that know how to book, that know how to negotiate contracts to go through all this and the other. That's the wonderful thing about uh,
0: the operation itself is that, you know, you get all these wonderful things, not only from a performance perspective, uh, from a a spiritual perspective, you know, from a a life-transforming perspective, but you also, you, you get a chance to learn about how these things are put together, because without those crews that we speak that we're speaking of, we can't do any of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a part of the process. Folks that come to the shows, they see the finished pro- product, mm-hmm. but there's a whole lot that goes on that's very, very important to the process to get that beautiful result that we all seek. You know, and it comes from the crews. You know, the the tech folk, the engineers. The lighting people, the wardrobe people, the the marketing people, you know, the road folks, you know, they help us to be the best that we can be. And they have to be, you know, appreciated on the same level as uh, almost as an artist.
2: And and we dare not go too much further without mentioning that you have an executive director of the Arts Institute that gives uh, all the directing, uh, all the directors uh, leeway and a lot Mm -hmm. of latitude to... Teach and instruct. I mean, mean, Dr. Charles Sykes, who we're talking about, is legend over there. But um, he has an ear and an eye for perfection. And it's not that he's looking for absolute perfection, but there's great potential he'll see in an individual, and he lets them he lets them just become transformative and transform and all those wonderful things. If I may,
0: I'd like to say uh, uh, a word about Dr. Charles Sykes. Uh, he is the reason why I'm here, and uh, hands down, his uh, friendship and counsel has been invaluable to me over the years. And uh, I'd like to send a, a special shout out to him <laughs> and his wife Charlene. That's right. You know, thank you, Dr. Sykes. Uh, yeah. We've uh, every time I've come into the the area, whether I be in Chicago, uh, I also played with the, I played with a group called Switch. If you you know, and we did a show in Chicago. We opened for uh, well, we were on a show with Chaka Khan, Barcase, Switch, and I believe uh, someone else was on that show. And so whenever I'm in the region, I will always call Dr. Sykes and say, hey, doc, I'm in the area. You got some time for me? And sometimes he'd be so busy, he wouldn't get back to me right then. But when he eventually would call me, he'd be like, hey, James, okay, I got this, this, this. You want me to come up there or you want to come down here? I'm like, I'll be down there and I'll meet you at the place, you know. And so we would, and that's been going on probably a greater part of maybe close to 10 years. We've been keeping in touch and just, you know.
1: That's wonderful. Yeah.
0: And uh, he is a great man and uh, I, I am so thankful and appreciative to him. Uh, for his, like I said, his friendship and his counsel, it's been invaluable. And I'd like to also thank um, Dr. James Mumford. You know, he is an incredible man, and uh, I love him dear. I love those guys dearly. Uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Callaway Thomas mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Dr. James Winbush. Mm-hmm. You know, um, these are all the folks, the the the, the, the major players. they really. Uh, keeping the legacy going and keeping this thing
1: happening. Oh, we can't we can't forget Dr. Portia Maltby. Oh, oh been my that God, next yes, there. absolutely.
2: I <laughs> see we started something. <laughs> yes, we have. Yes. <laughs> you're gonna be walking home and listen, thinking, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> But we have about a minute left, and yeah. we want to give you uh, the final remarks. But maybe frame it around some of the uh, the visionary things you and you know see going out beyond potpourri. But for the remainder of this year, what type of things do you have in mind?
0: Well. One of my main things that I, I, I want to do is uh, when I talked about earlier about uh, having the uh, institute meet some of my friends, I want to set up a master class series to where I can bring some of my special uh, professional friends to to the campus, and there's a, such a wide range of folks that I know that I've formed relationships with, that I've formed friendships with, that uh, I've actually they they've heard about me you know being now in this position and they've all told me james whenever you need me call me i'm there and these are my professional friends who are who are masters at what they do
3: that's excellent and
0: uh so uh, one of my poor programs i'd like to you know start here is uh, is a master's program and also i'd like to start a uh um a internship program because I have a lot of relationships in Los Angeles with record companies, production companies, film companies, you know, all throughout this, the the industry. I mean, about 25 to 30 years, you you know, kind of covered a little ground there. That's right. And I want to be able to utilize the, those resources. And if I could start some kind of uh, uh, an internship program That's or handshake same. with Los Angeles, yeah. and even what probably would spawn in New York, those are some of my things that I like to do. And um, one of the main things is I want to uh, teach the students how to uh, make the handshake between the arts and education, mm-hmm. because that is how you really get to
2: success. And yeah, we started that's off with that, right. and, and we're ending this uh, portion of our our show with that and and uh, we just thank you for coming on. Yeah. It's been my honor. yes.
1: Uh, We want to thank James Strong, our new director of the IU Soul Review at Indiana University, for joining us to introduce himself and our listeners and discuss his vision for the future of the IU Soul Review.
2: Bring It On has an open submission policy, so if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is On at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African American community, with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is on at wfhb.org.
5: Support for WFHB comes from Limestone Post, an online culture and lifestyle magazine for Bloomington and beyond. Explore articles, photo essays, and videos on the arts, outdoors, local history, community events, and all the topics that make Bloomington such a great place to live. Limestone Post, writers with the voice, photographers with a vision. Online at limestonepostmagazine.com. Support for WFHB comes from Darn Good Soup on the west side of the Courthouse Square, open from 11 a.m. to 7.30 p.m., serving 8 to 10 soups daily, plus salads, cookies, and ice cream. Vegetarians and vegan options abound. Darn Good Soup. It's fast, it's healthy, it's darn good. Daily menu information online at darngoodsoup.com.
1: All right. You just heard uh, a track from the legendary David Baker, uh, To Dizzy With Love. And that is from uh, the album, the 1992 album, Steppin' Out. It was actually the David Baker sextet.
2: And um, for a second there. Oh, okay. Lost my place. That happens on live radio. This is Bring It On, the People's Forum for Black Culture in South Central Indiana and beyond. Are you a tweeter? You're invited to follow the WFHB News Twitter account. This is a great way to get breaking news and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and on the air with WFHB News. Go to Twitter.com and search for WFHB News, or you can always visit WF- WFHB's news website at wfhb.org news
1: to keep up with local news and to find out what's happening behind the scenes at WFHB, you're invited to like the WFHB Facebook page. Go to the Facebook, go to facebook.com and search for WFHB. Or you can always visit the WFHB news website at wfhb.org/news.
2: Bringing on is Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African American community here on WFHB 91.3 FM and live on the web at WFHB.org. For bringing on, I'm Clarence Boone.
1: And I'm Roberta Radovich.
2: At the top of the hour, we shared that we have two revealing interviews with two of the African American Arts Institute directors. We have heard from Mr. James Strong, director of the IU Soul Review, and we'll now hear uh, from Dr. Raymond Wise, who's no stranger to our uh, program, but Dr. Raymond Wise is director of the African American Choral Ensemble. Dr. Wise, welcome to Bring It On. Thank you. Glad to be back. Uh, we're we're really uh, thrilled to have you as uh, we're getting near to the potpourri, and I know that all of the directors in the Arts Institute are busy uh, sort of getting everything together, uh, perfecting, honing, uh, just bringing together all the elements that will again astound the audience as it always does. Um, Before we went live, you were in mid-conversation. You sort of startled me that you have something on the horizon that's about to happen. And let's talk about that first, and then we'll come back a little bit about a little bit more of a view, and then, of course, the
4: uh, choral ensemble. But what's about to happen in your life uh, internationally? Well, in a few days, I'm headed to China. I'm going to be... um going into China to actually do a workshop or a series of master classes with about 600 Chinese conductors on gospel music and spirituals. 600? About 600, yes, conductors. And um, it's about a five-day workshop where we're clinicking and teaching about the history. We're, we're helping to adjudicate choirs. We're working the demonstration choirs and helping them to learn to perfect this style. And it's really exciting how this music has been globalized uh, in the last 15, 20 years that now you can go almost anywhere around the world mm-hmm. and you're going to hear African American music being performed.
1: So how do these 600 conductors know about Dr. Raymond Wise from the United States of America?
4: Well, this particular uh, event, they do an annual conference where they may have a, spe- a special focus on a specific type of music. And this year, um, they determined their focus would be on gospel music and spirituals. And um, as they began to look out for conductors, there was a friend of mine uh, who was a part of this festival and said, you know what, Um, would you be interested in going to China? And I said, I certainly would. (laughs) And um, so we have been working and uh, sending lectures and translating everything into Chinese and trying to get our ears attuned to some of the language and speaking a few words and all of that. So getting ready for that. So preparing, it should be exciting.
2: That's one of the hallmarks of the Arts Institute, uh, educating, educating. uh, Some may look at it as entertainment. No, 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 you're missing the mark. It's education. And international uh, education. International education and promoting rich uh, heritage and legacy of this particular genre. Um, Can you speak to us a little
4: bit about why gospel music is so impactful in the world? Well, even if you go all the way back to the spiritual Um, The spiritual is considered by most scholars as the first authentic American music to develop here. That music was music of survival. Mm -hmm. The slaves performed this music because it was the music that enabled them to survive all the challenges they faced in their lives. And as that evolved in many different directions and went into blues and jazz and then into gospel and many other forms, other people around the world have found a sense of connection uh, to that same need to survive. And this music speaks to the soul, it speaks to the heart, and it's a music of encouragement, it's a music of hope. So you'll find that literally all over the world, um, as you go, people will know certain spirituals. They will all, always ask for them, in fact. You know, They'll look for um, you know, certain uh, We Shall Overcome and, and Oh Happy Day and, and mm-hmm. Precious Lord. I mean, certain songs that are just staples because they've also become those songs of hope for them as well.
1: I remember reading, maybe it was through uh, Dr. Keith McCutcheon's work, that uh, Martin Luther King, in 1964, when he was in getting his Nobel Peace Prize, uh, he was also in Germany doing a talk about jazz, and he and he said jazz is sort of the, the language of hope,
4: and and I thought that that was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it's real interesting when Martin Luther King was there. The choral ensemble recently did a tour in Germany. Mm. where Martin Luther King spoke in East Berlin at a church yeah. called St. Mary's. Okay. Well, the choral ensemble recently had a chance to do a concert in that very church while we were in uh, East Berlin, in, uh, on torn Berlin, so it was a wonderful connection to see that history and to be able to take the ensemble there and to, to connect with this music as well.
1: So who inspires you? What inspires you?
4: Uh, There are certain people who are mentors uh, who have been uh, there throughout my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, in fact, one of my my high school mentors is is about to be honored uh, in a little bit in Baltimore, Maryland. And as I began to reflect on the uh, tribute I wanted to put together for him, I realized that so much of who I am and what I do Mm -hmm. is because there was a mentor uh, from whom I I got these same things or I saw these same things in action. Um, So his name is Hugh Carey. Uh, There were other mentors, people like Richard Smallwood and Henry Davis who are also gospel artists but they were classically trained musicians. Mm -hmm. So they were steeped in both worlds, the classical world and the gospel world and they combined these things together. Um, I can even start in my own home Literally, I was a fourth-generation musician. My great-grandmother and her husband, they were musicians. My grandmother and her sisters were musicians. My mother was a musician. And I grew up watching them do music, watching them work with anybody and teaching them to sing, teaching them to perform. And before you know it, just average regular people were were doing extraordinary things. So that has always been... You know, uh, in this sphere, and I've always been close to uh, those kinds of people and mentors who've encouraged me to do what I've seen. and I've tried to do the same.
1: So I, I've certainly noticed and observed and observe you, Dr. Wise, you don't just teach music. you seem to know how to be really present with people and students in particular, and inspire them to be their best self. How important is that part of the job
4: of being the director? That is so important, um, primarily because everyone doesn't come with the highest level of skill. Mm -hmm. And what we've got to realize is that whoever walks through our door, it is not just our goal to take the best and the cream of the crop, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got to take whoever comes, and you've got to realize that whatever gifts they bring— We want to show them how to make the best of their gifts, but realizing always together, when we put our pieces together, we create a a real significant whole that can be of significant value and blessing to the community. Mm -hmm. So it's always important. You know, my father was always one who encouraged us to speak to the least. To mm-hmm. make everyone seem important, to make sure that everyone knew, no matter what, they had a place and they had value. Right. And so starting from that standpoint of looking at the common man or the average person, that gives you a, a sense that anybody and everybody is, is able to achieve something as opposed to starting from the very best and then looking down on others who don't raise and rise to that level. So. Beautifully said.
2: Can you take a moment and boast on some of the mentees that you've had the chance to inspire over the years? And, you know, where are they now? And when they call you back, your,
4: your eyes sort of glisten because, well, I had a hand in imparting something into them. Wow. Um, let me see. Well, immediately, um, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, one of our uh, IU graduates, Anastasia Talley, yeah. who was the graduate uh, graduate associate uh, uh, instructor here for the ensemble for a couple of years, um, Anastasia um, left IU. She got her master's in vocal performance and her PD degree. She left and she went on tour with Dream Girls, And then she went to Oregon to work with a theater company there. And she just moved back to New York. And um, she's now working in New York and just called to share some of the wonderful things she's doing there, excited about her. I've got maybe about 10 to 15 students now who are former students who now have their master's or doctorate um, in some area related to gospel music. And they are now teaching and performing different places around the choir, I mean, around the country. Um, One of my mentees also just called me. She just got uh, uh, an offer to be um, the um, head Of a position at a real historic church down in Atlanta that you all may know. If I said the name, that's still brewing, so I won't say that, but it's a real historic church in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, so, at any rate, um, she may be moving to that position there. Um, I've got several of my students, um, one of which I think of Dr. Mark Lomax, um, who has done his degree in uh, music um, composition, but he grew up as one of our kids through our program as a child. Uh, he now has several recordings um, um, as a jazz artist, as a, tr- a trio quintet. He's played for everyone. Uh, he's doing commissions uh, for orchestras and, and groups all over the place, but he was one of the kids who grew up, started singing with us um, wow. through our programming years ago, and those kinds of stories just sure. continue um, sure. on and on, and we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. One thing, um,
2: from all the directors that we've Talk to. Uh, it, it, there's always this sort of uh, passion that just emanates from from all of all of the directors, and and you're not short sure of that. It's I'm inspired just sitting here. Um, we have a, a perhaps about two minutes or so, and what I what I'd like for you to do is to talk a little bit about the potpourri on November the 11th. And uh, the sort of style you're going to present and um, maybe you may still be working on some of the
4: selections, but uh, tell us how you're going to go forward on that night. Well, we're excited about the potpourri, and we hope that all of you can come and join us on November the 11th. That event is going to be in the IU Auditorium at 8 p.m., and we're so, so excited about it. Um, But when we look at what we're planning to do, at least with the choral ensemble, there generally is a science, if you will, um, in that we're trying to represent music, um, African-American music and music from the diaspora. Uh, We will always do some kind of African piece. Then we will come across the water and do some kind of spiritual piece. That music evolved into perhaps a gospel piece. We will do some kind of choral piece which rep- is representative of the standard art forms by African-American composers, then we'll do some kind of inspirational piece that encourages and inspires. So the goal is to try to uh, show a myriad of different styles of music and with the hope of touching everyone at some place. Uh, everybody may not have the, um, the excitement uh, or the liking for a particular style, but if we can touch enough of those styles and genres, everyone should walk away feeling that they heard something. Uh, the clock on the wall is screaming at us, um, but I'm going to, to say this
2: right now. I'm going to try to commit you to coming back on after your trip to China because I want to hear about uh, a lot about uh, your experiences there. Uh, that is a that is just phenomenal, and we'd like to give you plenty of time to articulate on that and other aspects of your work with the Coral ensemble. Uh, we tried something a little different tonight, both directors, and there's a third that we'll invite on, um, and we will definitely want to have you back. Uh, when it's appropriate, when you're back, because I know yes. November 11th is is almost upon us. So definitely after the Potpourri, want want to get you back on if if you'll consent to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. All right.
1: Again, we want to thank Dr. Raymond Wise, uh, the director of the African American Core Ensemble. In the African American Arts Institute at Indiana University, for joining us to reacquaint himself with our listeners and discuss his ongoing vision for the African American Chor Ensemble.
2: And if you have an event that you want us to know about, and if you have an opinion of current black issues, send your comments to bring it on at WFHB.org. For Bring It On, I'm Clarence Boone.
1: And I'm Roberta Radovich. You're listening to Bring It On, Indiana's only public affairs program dedicated to the African American community. He Here on WFHB 91.3 FM on your radio and live on the web at
2: WFHB.org. Again, our thanks to IU African American Arts Institute Directors James Strong and Dr. Raymond Wise for spending time with us to enlighten us on the November 11th Potpourri of the Arts performance that will take place at the IU Auditorium. Now for ticket information, please call... 812-855-3676. Again, 812-855-3676.
1: Our show's executive producer is my good friend to, to, to my side here, Clarence Boone, with help from WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Our board engineer for the evening is Kirsten Payton our, with original theme music created by Jamil FM, e. with additional back tra- background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Roberta Radovich.
2: And I'm Clarence Boone. As always, tune in next Monday, October 30th at 6 p.m. for another exciting Bring It On broadcast right here on your community radio station, WFHB.
1: You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana.
2: Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the
0: African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond.
1: Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bring it at wfhb.org.
0: That's bring it at wFhb.org.
5: This is WFHB Bloomington, Indiana, broadcasting independently from the John Waldron Arts Center, which is owned and operated by Ivy Tech Community College, Bloomington, a proud supporter of community radio. Uh, today's weather tonight is 52 degrees and overcast. Uh, it's going to be raining pretty consistently through the evening and not looking too much better for tomorrow. But by Wednesday, it looks like we'll be mostly sunny again, with a high of up to 52, so the conditions are a bit colder, but they will improve. Stay tuned for American Roots on WFHB.